0: lifeblood this is george g and the time is right welcome to today's guest strong and powerful alden mills alden are you ready to do this
1: oh i am fired up george it's an honor to be here
0: and happy new year happy new year let's go alden is an olympic festival rower. he became a navy seal commander went on to become an inc 500 ceo an award-winning author speaker coach and consultant I bet you're a great dad and husband to Alden. Uh, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do.
1: Well, let me tell you right there the dad is by far the biggest challenging leadership. Opportunity there is And uh, I'd like to think I'm a great dad But I'm reminded all the time I've got lots of areas of improvement Um, But when you ask about Like why I do what I do It really does kind of come back To being a dad When I thought about writing my first book Which uh, my old English professors Would have thought I was crazy Because I don't think I ever got an A in English Uh, It really became focused on my boys And when you become a parent, you really, you know, your lens of life changes. And it really made me think about, okay, if I'm going to write a book for my boys, what would I want to help them do? And what I really came up with was I wanted to help them be unstoppable at going after their dreams not following the father's footsteps, not, you know, be what they want. The parents want their kids to be, be the best versions of themselves. So it's a roundabout way of answering your question. Hey, Alden, why do you do what you do? Uh, I really went on this path of helping others be unstoppable right about the time I had my first child and you well, know, my wife had the first child. Um, I now have four and uh, that started back in 2003.
0: Well, excellent. Well, I certainly appreciate that. I've got two boys myself and uh, I can attest to how your view of the world changes certainly and yeah. how incredibly rewarding and challenging it is.
1: And, yeah. A, a high, ca- uh, high uppercase on the C for challenge.
0: <laughs> yes, for sure. So you've, you've got um. So much wonderful practical experience and and, and and being unstoppable in your own right and working hard and 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 reaching high, high, high levels and now helping a lot of other people to do that. I myself and a lot of the people that 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 are sort of in my sphere, uh, it's it's frustrating time. We look out and, and we're constantly hearing about terrible things that are happening in the world, in our own country, things we're frustrated by. How do you counsel people to manage that to deal with it
1: i will start with a story and the story goes back to when i finally had the opportunity to walk through the front door of navy seal training in coronado california and i'm going to abbreviate the story because we have a short time together but there was this character with a deep accent that sounded like this. And he goes, you want to know the secret of making it through SEAL training? And, you know, of course, we're all standing there, 122. It's like, yeah, yeah we want the secret. And he goes, well, it ain't complicated. It's hard, but it ain't complicated. You see, you just have to decide, and you point to his temple, what you're going to focus on. Are you going to focus on the pain of training? or are you going to focus on the pleasure The training will provide you? Now, he goes on for a little while, but at the end of it, he says, you know what my job is? It's to create a conversation in here, a conversation that's going to drive you to make a decision. And I I use that as a reference point for our leadership abilities, We all have that conversation. You don't have to go through Navy SEAL training, right? We have the conversation every single day, the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed, and we probably have it while we're asleep. And that conversation is what I call the first level of leadership. And the first level of leadership is how you lead yourself. The second level is leading others, which would be a team. And the third level is then leading culture, and I think of those in concentric circles, like dropping a pebble into a calm, still pond. And that pebble is our action. And the first level of influence or the sphere of the ring is our leadership of ourselves. And then that ripples out to how we lead teams. And then the team's actions ripple out to the culture of the organization the team is associated with. So when we come back to dealing with catastrophic events or the negativity bias of news and all these things that are so easy to get and absorb our attention away from what we can really control, I bring it back to it really comes down to what you decide you want to focus on. And are you going to focus on the misery of it? Or are you going to focus on, hey, what can I learn from this? And if you really peel it back, the difference between those that succeed and those that don't, the very first thing is where they put their focus on what they can control. And ask yourself, hey, is it helpful or is this hurtful to me? Is it helpful to every time I watch the news, I come away feeling like crap? And, oh, my gosh, there's nothing I can do about Ukraine. Okay, maybe you could donate or something like that. But for the most part, are you going to be able to impact Putin's decision? Most likely not. Are you going to be able to impact some political party? Mm, Maybe on a fringe, but no. For the most part, what you can impact is the next action you decide to take right now. The next focus on, well, for every negative, there is a positive, which one do you want to focus on? And oh, by the way, the positive wrapper it comes in a different wrapper than the negative. So you know, warning, George, I could go without you even asking me a question <laughs> for a couple of hours on this topic, and I I really enjoy the conversation. So uh, that's in you know in in a in the shortest nutshell I can give you. That's what this is about. It's about focusing on what we can control Our thoughts Our focus and our beliefs And I think of them in the loop
0: I love it It's a great story And of those 120 So uh, Men I'm assuming perhaps women How many have made it through How many internalize that advice from that Wise wise person
1: Oh that wise wise person by the way <laughs> uh, Is He's in my Uh, he's getting a front row seat in my next book called unstoppable mindset and he's instructor half butt and and the character and the reason he was instructor half butt is his left butt cheek had been blown off by a rocket propelled grenade in vietnam and he loved to tell us that he could do more with his half butt than we could with our full butts right and the reason he was giving us that conversation is it was at the end of seven weeks of pre-training where we were going to now take exactly the same physical fitness test that we had already taken three times just to get into the front door of SEAL training. And then when we got in the front door of SEAL training, we had to take it a fourth time the first day we were there. And now after seven weeks of more training by now SEALs to class up for the rest of training, they make you take it a fifth time. And so the real question to ask is, well, how many people pass that test? And all of them had passed it four times. We started with sixty-four from one hundred and twenty-two. Um, the uh, uh, the class graduated twelve originals. I was not an original. I got rolled back and got moved into the next class and. So I think out of all of our class of 181, I think we had about 15 total that graduated when we had
0: 122 start. Got it. Speaks to the challenge. Yeah, but
1: I I really like that story because here's somebody that is giving you, there's lots of layers to that story. There's the anticipation of pain. You know, the anticipation of pain can be worse than pain itself, which then creates a negative hypothetical in your mind. Like, Oh my gosh, he's talking to me like this. And if it's going to be this hard already, and, and I don't know if I can do that. I don't even know if I should be here in the first place. Oh, maybe I shouldn't even pass this test. Hmm. And, and so I will be up on stage and I'll tell people like, look, we had half the class decide not to pass a test that they had already passed four times before, you know, people, there's this, wonderful mystique about SEAL training. And and some of it is rightfully so that, you know, there's a physical challenge to it and all, but the greatest challenge is between our ears. And by the way, that's the greatest challenge for all of us. Like you don't have to go be a Navy SEAL to learn these things, but you do have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions to test those limiting beliefs that we all have. And that's the hard part. Right. The the internal challenge that goes on between our ears and the internal leadership of that conversation that we have with ourselves, because how we lead that conversation becomes how we lead others, because everyone else is having a conversation, too.
0: So failure to address those internal beliefs, those limiting beliefs that I think everybody has at least one or two uh, onto whoever knows how many. Sure. If we don't do that, we're probably going to keep making the same mistakes. We're probably going to keep struggling. Any gains that we make, we'll probably get back.
1: There's that level. Absolutely. And by the way, play that out one more step. We're going to keep struggling. We're going to keep making the same mistake. Eventually what's going to happen is we're going to tell ourselves, well, I can't do this. And the real struggle or the real negativity of a limiting belief that we get ourselves stuck in that loop, uh, you know, people would define that loop as insanity, right? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result, is that limiting belief sets a new limit for us and says, well, you know what? I've now decided I can't write a book because every time I sit down to write, I tell myself I suck because an old English professor told me I sucked all the time and I never got higher than a B and I can't write complete sentences, therefore I can't write a book. And now all of a sudden, the limiting belief becomes our ceiling. It becomes like an anchor. It tells us, no, we can't do that. No one else told you that, but you decided that and that. Is where a coach is helpful, where books can be helpful, to help you come up with tools to override and reprogram the limiting belief into an empowering belief.
0: That makes a lot of sense. If I don't going to keep hitting that ceiling over and over and over again eventually I'm probably going to give up because you know at some point it's like forget it i'm uh, i'm exhausted by this and working with somebody else a coach or or being mentored through a great book or something like that will help me to like realize oh wow i have probably got some kind of belief going on that i need to examine and rewire and change
1: well to be honest with you george that's why i'm here with you your podcast to me represents a place where people could be listening right now and saying, you know what? I'm feeling stuck. But what George and Alden are talking about, yeah, that helps me. I get that. I see it. And that's why I'd spend time to talk with folks like you that I think are really in the same path of helping people unlock and activate their potential. Because so much of that is being hindered. Uh, I do lots of Navy metaphors, and I think of ourselves as our own ship's captains, and we have our own little boat. And You you can call your own little boat your body. You can call it your skills, your capabilities, and we are designed to be at sea. At sea would be being in motion, and if we're not careful, we'll stay at rest in the safety of familiarity of a harbor we know. But what you really want to do is push that boat across the horizon. And when you push across a horizon, metaphorically or literally speaking, it gets scary because you lose landmarks, right? You lose sight of land. And when you start to lose sight of land, that's when those demons of doubt really come knocking. And I think of them in our metaphorical ship's expedition is they come in three different areas. One, the actual idea that, gee, I think I'm going to leave this harbor and try and write a book. Um, I was about to sneeze there. Number two, I've just lost sight of land. I've decided I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into my book and it's terrible and it's not going well. And I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm halfway across this new, ocean to my new island, but I can't see it yet. I mean, let's call that island a published book island, right? But I've never been there before. And now I've tried and I've had multiple false starts and I'm starting to convince myself I'm a failure. I can't, I can't write a book, right? That's the next round where the demons of doubt fear, which is what we're battling is trying to convince us stop doing this stop putting yourself out there. there's there's too many risks to run and then eventually you get this one more dawn but you don't see it and it's the darkest before dawn when you're thinking i just can't go on i'm gonna i gotta i'm gonna give up and you know in SEAL team they call that it's darkest and coldest before dawn and that's the place where you have to dig your deepest and so we have those three challenges and they they stack on each other as we start to decide to bust through that limiting belief and go do something that's new to us. And I think of that journey like getting in our own little boat and crossing an ocean to a new destination.
0: I love it. Is that, is everybody capable of that?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Everyone is capable of that. And this isn't like, you know, people like, oh, you got to be a born leader. Oh, really? So when you do 23andMe, do you get the leadership gene? I mean, did you do 23andMe?
0: <laughs> I never have, but I guess.
1: I, I did it. I, I didn't get the positivity gene. I didn't get the leadership gene. I didn't get the success gene. I didn't get the innovation gene. You know, that's because there isn't any of that. Okay. And, and so if you can't already figure out where I land is squarely in leadership is a journey that we all learn. We're all leaders. We're all leading ourselves. Like I led myself to be on this podcast with you. You led yourself to create this podcast, to reach out to me and others to say, hey, I, I'd like to see if Alden will participate. Now, how many people will follow you? That's different conversation. And I will argue that the people will follow you dependent on how you lead yourself. So all leadership is personal, and it involves your own inner work. I don't care where you are on the Myers-Briggs test or some personality spectrum. You're a leader. And the more you learn to lead yourself, well, the more you learn to lead others.
0: I love it. How is it? How 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 is having conversations like this with, with your kids?
1: <laughs> uh, you sometimes ever-
0: it can be really rewarding.
1: Uh my boys will listen to some podcasts. They have read my books. Uh I've had them sit in the audience for some of my speeches. And, and sometimes they're like, hey, dad, will you speak to my team? And I'm like, yeah, I'd be honored to speak to your team. And they love it when I speak to their team, but they don't always love it when I just speak to them. Mm. And when I'm speaking to them, I really have to pay attention to trying to teach through story versus telling what to do. Mm. And making that transition to, hey, you guys want to hear a stupid story about when I was your age and something I did? Yeah, you did a stupid story? And we call them (laughs) stupid stories. And I'll sit down and tell them a stupid story, you know, something I did because we're all imperfect and we all do stupid stuff. And the more we can kind of remember that we too were stupid and did stupid things. And by the way, we still do stupid things. Uh, and we learn from them. Sometimes, sometimes we don't. And we do it again. That becomes part of the stupid story. I find that is my best way to make the connection.
0: Well, I appreciate that. That makes a ton of sense. Sometimes, uh, well, and, and how about you personally? Taking your own uh, advice. How's that? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, <sighs> I
1: have, I struggle like everyone else. I have um, gotten situations where I'm exhausted, depleted, depressed. And because I, ke- I'm still on the journey. I keep pushing. I keep wanting to have new experiences. You know, I, I, recently climbed the tallest peak in South America called Aconcagua and i came off that peak and i was like god i i feel really exhausted and i felt like my heart hurt um in full disclosure i'm 54 and i uh it was a long expedition and it's 20 almost 23000 feet And then over the summer I collapsed while I was working out and turned out I had a heart infection and had heart failure. And, you know, that's been a whole new obstacle to deal with. And a doctor who read my book looked at me and he goes, well, you're going to need you right now. Mm -hmm. And, and he was right. Um, So the leadership journey doesn't end. I don't think of it like, oh, once I'm a Navy SEAL, that's all I need to do. Or once I was the CEO of this or invented that, it's, no, this is a journey that has no destination and we, we keep learning along the way. And I hope for everybody that's listening out there that. They don't look at life like, gee, I can't wait to retire. I think you look at it like, gee, what's my next challenge? What's my next chapter of my book that I get to write? And, you know, when you come up with something like dealing with heart failure, you start thinking like, you know, the object is not to arrive at your gravesite in a well-preserved body. I want to ring every last cent out of this body. Uh, I would like to make it last a long time and not have to have a heart transplant. But those are uh, that that is a the struggle I deal with.
0: Absolutely. Well I appreciate you sharing all that. I appreciate all of your work and wisdom and thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they get your books? All of it.
1: Uh, they can come to beunstoppable.com. And if they come to be unstoppable.com, um, I've got a unstoppable mindset course that I've just finished it's going live and, uh, our books are there and we got some, I, I publish, uh, some be unstoppable, um, and sign up for the newsletter. It's free. And I do a lot of, uh, discussion on how to be unstoppable every couple of weeks.
0: Love it. If you, enjoyed the, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Alden your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to BeUnstoppable.com, check out the Unstoppable Mindset course, check out the books, check out all the blogs that Alden has been working on and get signed up on the newsletter and follow all things Alden Mills and become unstoppable yourself. Thank you again, Alden.
1: Hey, thank you, George. Here's to making this our best year yet.
0: Amen. Until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.